This is an ABC podcast. Fierce. Girl power. This is the story of the girl who ruled the waves, Lane Beachley, read by world champion and Olympic gold medal hurdler, Sally Pearson. Boom! His words hit her with more force than any way that had ever knocked her from a surfboard. Boom! She could see his lips moving, but her mind was filling with the same white noise that follows a massive wipeout. Boom! He gently placed his hand on her shoulder. Do you understand, Lane? He asked. She slowly nodded. She may have only been eight years old, but she knew what her dad meant when he said, We love you but we got you from somewhere else. Boom. Just like that, Lane Beachley found out she was adopted. Perhaps she should have noticed earlier that the puzzle pieces didn't quite fit together. Her mum, or adoptive mum as it turned out, was part Japanese. Her adoptive dad had fair skin and towered over them. Lane looked completely different. She was tanned with bleach blonde hair and sparkling blue eyes. She was also tiny. Gidget was what they called her after a famous yet teeny weeny surfer girl character in a 1950s novel. But at that moment, Lane felt more like Alice in Wonderland shrinking to the size of a bug and being swallowed by the couch she was sitting on. It would have been a perfectly normal reaction for little Lane to hide like a bug in a cocoon. You see, this wasn't the first time she'd been hit by a tidal wave-like surge of shock. The woman she called Mum, the one who adopted her, had died when Lane was only six. Boom. If there was anything that was going to crush Lane, that would have been it. But Lane wouldn't let herself be crushed, and she didn't hide in a cocoon. She told herself if her birth mother didn't love her enough to keep her, the rest of the world would adore her instead. In fact, the very same day Lane found out she was adopted, she promised herself she'd become the best in the world at something. Anything. She just wasn't exactly sure what. Lane was definitely one of the sporty kids at school. You know, the ones good at everything they try. Soccer, tennis, cricket. If it took a bit of strength coordination and speed, Lane could do it. But it was the beach that was her special place. Her earliest memory was being plonked on the sand with her bare baby butt on show, squealing with joy as the waves rolled in. She started learning to surf when she was four. Her board was a foamy, soft and safe, perfect for beginners. Lane would stand up and catch small swells as the ferries pulled in. Before long, she wanted more. A real board, real waves and real adrenaline. She upgraded to a fibreglass model and paddled into a break called North Stain. It was a gutsy move. North Stain was known for being one of the most territorial surf spots in Sydney. The waves belonged to the salty old locals. Drop in on one of them and you'd be minced meat. It wasn't just the locals' only rule that was dangerous. Lane stuck out like a proper sore thumb in her bikini. In the early 80s, surfing wasn't exactly a female thing. 
A girl's job was mining boys' towels on the beach. Boring. So when Lane dared to join the blokey lineup in the water, they thought she was asking for trouble. The guys growled at Lane like menacing dogs. They tugged at her leg rope and deliberately splashed her in the face. One man yelled, You're a girl! Get out of the water! As quick as a wink, Queen Lane yelled back, What are you doing here then? Lane came up with a name for guys like those meanies. She called them dream thieves and she refused to let them steal from her. As impossible as it seemed, Lane knew she'd found her thing, surfing. She vowed to become the best in the world. It was time. Lane was 14 and about to enter her first proper contest, the only girl in a sea full of boys. She dug her arms into the water, paddling ferociously onto wave after wave, determined to prove herself. She jumped to her feet, turned with all her might and flicked off, ready for the next set. And then, boom, reality hit. Again, Lane came dead last. Did she really have what it took to be the world's best? Had she been kidding herself all along? You're a girl. Were the dream thieves right? Get out of the water. No, she was no towel minder. Lane dusted the sand off her board and paddled out again. She even thanked the boys who beat her because they taught her a lesson. She obviously needed to practice, and so that's what she did. Paddled and practiced, practiced and paddled, until... Boom! She started beating the boys. A sick heat and a local board rider's contest turned the tide. Lane scribbled in her diary that night, I got a filthy left, did the biggest backhand cover-up, then grabbed my rail and came out of the barrel and tried to turn and my foot slipped off. I was spewing, but it was the filthiest backhand barrel I've ever had. Fresh out of high school, Lane was living the dream. Kind of, sort of. She was surfing in contests across the globe, but she could barely afford her plane tickets. She had to work three jobs to raise the cash she needed to surf. Shop assistant, barmaid and pizza delivery driver. Working till 2am, then getting up to surf at sunrise. Crazy! Most of the men had sponsors like surfwear companies paying for their trips and they easily earned more than 10 times the prize money of the women. 10 times! Totally unfair. Meanwhile, Lane and her surfer girl buddies would hitchhike from beach to beach and sleep inside their board bags because they couldn't afford hotels. But nothing was going to stop Lane Beachley. After everything she'd been through, it was water off a pelican's back. Even as a pro, Lane was always trying to improve. I surf like a crab, she told one coach. How do I get better? She put a finless board on top of her bed and practiced jumping to her feet in one smooth motion. She did it over and over again, every morning and every night, until she had it mastered. All the while, dream thieves would be telling Lane... It's not going to happen. You can't afford to do that. You're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. You're not valuable enough. And all the while, Lane used those words as fuel, telling herself, I can and I will and I am. It just so happened there was no better fuel than the negativity of those 
Dream Thieves. I can, will, and I am. After eight years of missing out on the world title by a handful of points, Lane was on track to make it happen. She'd already won a wave of contests and she could smell victory on the horizon. She was in France, more than 15,000 kilometres from Australia, yet Lane had never felt more at home. The sea had always been the place Lane could go to escape, and in that moment, she felt like there was no one else in the world out there but her. She caught every wave like clockwork. Paddle, stand, shred. Paddle, stand, shred. She turned her board so sharply, spray whipped up behind her from the force. As the waves closed out, she flicked off, ready to go again. She was calm. She was cool. She was ready. When the sirens sounded and the crowd on the beach erupted, Lane almost didn't notice. Nouveau champion, Damon de Surf, the announcer declared. She cupped her ears, straining to listen. Huh? I don't speak French. What are they saying? The announcer was declaring Lane Beachley as the new world champion of surfing. Boom! It finally hit her! Lane had pictured the moment a million times, but it didn't happen how she'd imagined. There was no tense final showdown. Lane had just won a basic first round heat, but her build-up of points across the tour had pushed her into an unbeatable position. She splashed her hands in the water with delight. Finally, she laughed. I did it! It wasn't a surprise. Lane had worked harder than anyone. She deserved the world title. But there was one surprise to come. A phone call. Practically moments after Lane had propped a trophy up on her mantelpiece. Hello? It was a woman named Maggie. I'm your mum, she said. Boom! It was another moment Lane had pictured a million times. But, again, it didn't happen how she'd imagined. Instead of feeling happy, Lane felt weird. Maggie had given her away when she was a baby. That was the hard thing to understand. Lane agreed to stay in contact with her birth mother, but she didn't get too close. She didn't want to get hurt. Besides, she had more world titles to win. Well, Lane Beachley has been on top of the waves for three years now as the world champion surfer. And just overnight, she has made it four on the trot. She just collected her fourth world Australian championship. Australian surfer Lane Beachley the has won the world Lane, title for a record-breaking fifth year in a row. Beachley achieved the feat after her rival... Lane won the crown again the following year. And again, and again, and again. But it was the sixth that brought the most pressure. It was Hawaii home of the heaviest waves in the world. No biggie. Lane was floating out the back, but she wasn't feeling her usual oneness with the ocean. Self-doubt was creeping in. Can't afford to do that. Not the voices of dream thieves were thumping in her head. You're not smart enough. Maybe she should just settle for five and stop being greedy. Maybe it was time to give someone else a chance. You can't do it, Lane told herself. You can't break the record. She was panicking, she was floundering, she was losing it. Boom! A familiar sound managed to snap her out of it. It wasn't crashing waves or squawking seagulls. This time, it was one of her favourite rap songs booming over the speakers from the shore. The lyrics told her to go for it. This was her one shot. She couldn't miss the chance. The ocean swelled. 
that familiar wall of green water began to form right in front of Lane. Her opponent was too far out to catch it. It was now or never. Lane told herself again, you can do it, go! She focused and paddled as the water pushed her forward. She jumped to her feet in one perfectly smooth motion. She crouched as the wave curled around her like a cuddle. She was inside the tube, every surfer's dream. Time stood still as the water wrapped around Lane. She was in a never-ending cave with green as far as the eye could see. She could have stayed there forever, except if she wanted to win, she needed to find the exit. But there was no light at the end of the tunnel, just water and more water. I'm not going to make it out, she thought. It's over. The crowd thought the same. Lane had been inside the barrel for so long that people were turning away. They assumed she'd fallen off, swallowed by the sea. Then, boom, a hole appeared and Lane surged ahead towards the open end of the tube. She catapulted out. The crowd was stunned. Lane was too. Ten! The judges roared. Lane raised her arms in disbelief. A perfect score and her sixth back-to-back world title. Lane had done what no server had done before. She was a record breaker. The best ever. For an unprecedented sixth time in a row, Beachley became world champion. I'll probably start crying. I, I, I'm going to start crying. A few years later, Lane won her seventh crown and retired from the professional tour. But her work wasn't done. Lane knew there were plenty of dream thieves in the world, so she decided to become a dream maker. Lane dedicated herself to helping other women conquer the surfing world. She didn't want them to have to hitchhike and sleep in their board bags like she did. She even started her own women's contest paying more prize money than any other event on the tour and launching the careers of today's world champions. Now, thanks to Lane, the best women surfers are winning checks with the same number of zeros as the men. And when a girl paddles out into the lineup anywhere from Australia to France to Hawaii, she knows she belongs there. Wow, Lane Beachley is seriously fierce. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fierce Girls. I'm Sally Pearson. I'm a world and Olympic champion in the 100 metre hurdles and I've competed all over the world. Nothing makes me happier than seeing fierce girls getting out there and giving it their all in whatever they love to do. You can hear more stories of fierce girls on the podcast, like this one about one of Australia's most loved artists, Margaret Ollie. Margaret Ollie was different. She noticed more than the other kids. Every colour, every ray of light, every shadow. I have greedy eyes, she'd say. School was a little boring for a daydreamer like Margaret, but she loved her art teacher. She was different too. She's a free spirit, Margaret thought. I want to be like that when I grow up. Margaret travelled the world with a basket full of brushes and paints. She painted buildings, boats and bridges. Everyone would ask her when she was going to get married, and she said, never, I'm a free spirit. But she did have one true love, art. She focused on still life paintings, a posy, a perfume bottle, a persimmon. She proved that sometimes the greatest beauty of all is right under our noses. 
And although Margaret Ollie is gone, her free spirit lives on in the thousands of brilliant blooms she created. Every colour, every ray of light, every shadow, every masterpiece. To hear more awesome episodes of Fierce Girls podcasts, go to the ABC Listen app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Roll the credits. Fierce Girls is produced by a bunch of super fierce women. The executive producer is Justine Kelly. It's produced by Rebecca Armstrong. The stories are written by the uber-talented Samantha Turnbull. Judy Rapley is the amazing audio engineer who puts in the cool sound effects like this one. Kelly Reardon is the boss who lets us make fierce podcasts like this one. Fizz Girls is a production of the ABC Audio Studios 